Welcome to People Don't Forget, a nostalgia cast that takes you on a different journey down memory lane. My name is Scott Grimes, and I am the host of this nostalgia cast. You may recognize my voice from the Benchwarmers Trivia Podcast or various other podcast appearances. If you are listening to this, thank you for doing so, and I hope you enjoy it. The purpose of this endeavor is for all of us to indulge ourselves in the past, because let's face it, everything sucks right now. Each episode will chronicle a different topic during a different calendar year. This inaugural episode will cover one of my favorite subjects from one of my favorite years growing up, music of the year 2000. And don't worry, you won't have to just listen to me ramble on about NSYNC or Jennifer Lopez, because I brought along two very familiar guests with me. My first guest is a fellow benchwarmer that I podcast with. He is also the Triviality Office Trivia Champion, Mr. Eric Eid. Please say hello and introduce yourself. What's up, Scott? Um, this is uh, this is unique. I like it. It's not something I would have ever thought of doing myself, so I'm excited about this. This is uh, going to be a lot of fun, and you know, if anybody has ever listened to the Benchwarmers, you know my love for the year 2000, so let's go. Yeah, that's exactly why uh, I had you in mind as an inaugural guest here to be one of my guinea pigs. Uh, but I, you don't get one guest, you get the benefit of two guests because this is the first episode. My other guest is a well-renowned podcaster and trivia aficionado. I could list all the places where you may have heard him, but we'd be here for a while if I did that. He is yet another bench warmer and a famed member of the Sinister Six, Dan Lundberg. Dan, how are you, buddy? Scott, how you doing tonight? I'm 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 doing wonderful. I'm going to talk about something other than sports tonight. So I know I know it's a it's a different departure. Uh, if you are listening, for those who don't know, the three of us are three of the eight bench warmers uh, behind the Bench Warmers Sports Trivia Podcast. Uh, so we talk about sports pretty much every time we're together on Zoom. So this is going to be nice to kind of talk about something else. So we will go ahead and get into it. Thank you both for being a part of this. Honestly, like I said, this is just doing this endeavor. I just want to kind of do something different. The world is crazy right now. And rather than think about what's going on, let's just reminisce. So what I like to do first is have each of us give a little bit of background on what our lives were like in the year 2000. Uh, It seems like the three of us were all in different stages of our lives. So that may reflect in our opinions of tonight's topic. So I'll start with you, Eric. What were you doing in the year 2000? Fresh out of high school, I graduated in 99. I was in that, you know, taking a year off before college that turned into, I want to say 10, 15, 15 years off. Um, yeah, it really got away from me. But um, music wise, I mean, I was uh, I was all over the map. I was doing a bit, little bit of everything, but I kind of fell in that, that weird, you know, white kid that listened to a lot of like rap music. Um, but it didn't just stop there. I was all over the map. So just not country music because that's, you know, can we leave that out? <laughs> yeah, we can definitely get that out. Um, how about you, Dan? Uh, were you in Minnesota at the time? I was in Minnesota. I was um, very firmly entrenched in work life at that point in time. I was, uh, oh man, I was 27 years old in uh, in 2000, and I was full disclosure here. I was not listening to 2000s music in 2000. The only music I was aware of from the 2000s was the stuff you couldn't miss. Um, that stuff I knew who hadn't heard who let the dogs out, you know, I mean, I, I knew that stuff, but I was listening to mostly like classic rock and any like new rock artists that would have played on the classic rock station. That's the kind of new music that I would listen to. I didn't know a lot of this music until probably three or four years later. Um, when I met my wife, 
um, she was all into the pop music. She she had all these CDs, and then kind of the zeitgeist of music that came out in 2000s kind of hit me at that point. So, um, I, I mean, I know a lot about 2000s music. It's just it wasn't happening at the time. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter how you got there. Um, but this should be good because, like I said, it seems like the three of us were in different uh, different places in our lives. To put things in perspective for you guys, in 2000, I graduated from fifth grade. Uh, so I, uh, I won my second Little League MVP award. And I was spending most of my days watching wrestling or playing video games, the original PlayStation. So Well, that was me too. Yeah. Well, I, I think that we can all agree on, that last part. But um, So, you know, the things I was listening to at 10, probably a little different than what Eric was listening to. Or maybe not, I guess. I hope. I guess we'll figure that out. Um, but let's just go ahead. We'll dive into it then. Um, I think most people instantly associate the year 2000 with pop music and boy bands. Uh, that just seems to be uh, people's first reactions when you talk about that year. Uh, and yeah, they were huge during this time. Uh, Britney Spears and NSYNC dominated the charts, and we will talk about it. But 2000 was a very eclectic year with a lot of success across the board. Yeah, there were catchy pop hits like All the Small Things and classic one-hit wonders like Who Let the Dogs Out. But 2000 was also a huge year for rock, hip-hop, and R&B, and dance music. Not to mention Latin music also exploded onto the scene as well. And we did have a country song finish as the Billboard Top Song of the Year for the first time in 41 years. So please follow along as we go through it all. Quick disclaimer, if you're listening, we will not be playing any songs due to licensing. So I do encourage you to either pause and put the song on or play it in the background uh, while you listen. And I will try to convince Dan to sing as much as possible. All right. So need more of this then. Hey, whatever it takes, man. Let's start with the year's biggest genre so we can get out of the way. And that's pop music. The two biggest artists of the year were arguably NSYNC and Britney Spears. Britney released her album, Oops, I Did It Again, which featured popular songs such as Lucky, Stronger, and the title track, of course, which is probably most well-known for the red leotard she wore in the video, and the lyric, I'm Not That Innocent. It was clear at the time that the pop princess was shedding her skin, both literally and figuratively, and I can tell you that as a 10-year-old boy at the time, I wasn't mad about it. Uh, she was also in the public eye for her high-profile relationship with Justin Timberlake, who spent the year celebrating the success of NSYNC's massive album, No Strings Attached. Say what you will about boy bands, you either love them or you hate them, but I don't think any of us can deny the phenomenon that was the boy band craze. Personally, I am a fan of NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys, thanks in large part to my sister, who was 16 in the year 2000, so she was the demographic. Uh, NSYNC's biggest hit of the year was the universally known Bye Bye Bye, Although their only number one hit on the charts that year was It's Gonna Be Me, which nowadays might be more recognizable as an internet meme every April. Uh, boy bands, guys. I gotta know. Love them or hate them. Give me a list and I can tell you which. <laughs> All right, we'll start with NSYNC. I hated them. When, that's, when that was on, I hated it with a passion because when you listen to the radio, it was every other song. Mm -hmm. But now as I got older, I'm like, it's, it's not bad. This is, there's some catchy ones, you know? There really is. You find yourself, you know, kind of humming along. I mean, everybody knows Bye Bye Bye. And as they got older, they didn't take themselves incredibly seriously. Yes. And that, that really helps. Um, it, it just, like, the guys in the band, like, Joy Fatone, hilarious. Yeah. You know, I mean, Lance Bass is just, just, just a cool guy. I mean, he's, they are like every man right now who just happen to be in this in this huge thing when they were younger and then there's jt but but he still but he still 
doesn't take the the whole thing too seriously either. So I'm he, he's a he's a highly underrated person. comedic comedic person. Like you know what I mean? Like he's funny in a lot of stuff that he does. He doesn't get a lot of credit for it. Yeah, he's a pretty creative guy. Um, yeah, I, Dan, I, I think. I mean, I'd have to agree with you. Like, they're cool guys, and you wouldn't think that from, you know, five kids with frosted tips that were singing Bubblegum Pop in 2000. But, you know, they've all turned out to be just, like, pretty cool, you know, chill guys that you want to hang out with. And I'd say the same thing about the Backstreet Boys, too. They, they, really, they really stayed pretty, pretty grounded, too, throughout the, all that. Well, there's – was it – who was the one that went to rehab and then the AJ. other one? Yeah. AJ, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had a lot of stuff. They actually had a, a pretty, a relatively quiet year in 2000. Uh, so we're not going to mention that much. They were coming off the heels of that Millennium album in 1999. So, you know, they were kind of just going off those hits and touring. So they weren't releasing a lot of new music. Wait, can we touch on my favorite boy band? Absolutely. Uh, which isn't really, I mean, I don't even know if you would consider them a real band or not. But to, the, the, the the together? One, together. Amazing. Two of my favorite songs of all time. I, I remember that movie when it debuted on MTV. I remember watching it, and I thought it was just going to be like a normal boy band. And then right away, I was like, oh, okay. Even as a 10-year-old, I was like, I, I get what this is. And it was amazing that they it was like the one was Chris Farley's brother. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then they had the, the real little skinny one. Who did die. Who, yeah, he did. Not, <laughs> not long after. No. <laughs> so Weird. rest in peace, uh, the kid from Together. I'm sorry that I forgot your name. The cute one. That's all I remember. Yes, he was the, the cute, cute one. one. Oh, yeah, his name was QT. That's right. <laughs> his name was QT. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what about Britney Spears? Thoughts on her? Now, again, this would be 2000s Britney Spears. This isn't head-shaved Kevin Federline Britney Spears. It was still not, I don't know, wasn't big on that. Um, even even now, even going back and listening to it, not not really that big of a fan, never... If she wasn't, I mean, lack of a better, you know, wearing what she was wearing or whatever, probably wouldn't even looked at it. Sure. As far as her songs go, she, she's just way overproduced. That yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I did not like that. Yeah. Never did. I liked her better than Christina. Really? I did. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Um, 2000 was a weird year for 27-year-old me. Because when Britney first came out, she was, what, 16? Yeah. Yeah, she was 19 in 2000. And we'll just let that go from there. Yeah, she was right. My, she's basically my age. So it's even... I was more of a Christina fan. Not sure why. Probably just overall attractiveness, I guess, is what... But that's me as, you know, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. She's also a much better singer, just in general. But that didn't necessarily reflect people's thoughts uh but yeah we'll just like i said we i had to cover it so we'll just uh, kind of move on from <laughs> you, that you didn't cover 98 degrees uh i'm getting there okay all right uh, so yeah apart from these acts the boy band and pop princess formula certainly had a trickle-down effect on popular music with all major record labels trying to piggyback off of the success although britney rival christina aguilera who i will mention again later and nsync rival the backstreet boys had comparably quieter success on the charts in this particular year Many other copycat artists begin to surface, like pop princesses Mandy Moore and Jessica Simpson. Uh, Jessica's future husband, Nicholas Shea, was also experiencing success with his boy band, 98 Degrees. Their single, Give Me Just One Night, Una Noche, reached number two on the charts. So now's your chance to uh, show any love to 98 Degrees or Nicholas Shea. Yeah, that was, and that's it. they were a thing. 
<laughs> they were they were there um una noche i mean yeah i mean they they were they were boy band light i mean yeah i can't off the top of my head i'm sure as soon as you would say it like just if you told me name of a 98 degree song real quick nope. it would be one night una noche no, no, that'd be the one I'd if, say. He, if he wouldn't have just said that wouldn't even have came to my head <laughs> fair enough and I mean, and that's exactly what it was, though. It was just trying to piggyback and, and you know, copycat the success of NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears with all these arguably less talented groups that were kind of coming through the woodwork. Was LFO there yet? L- yeah. That- well, yeah. Summer Girls. Their Summer Girls was 99. Uh, okay. 2000, they released Girl on TV. Oh, geez. I love that music video because that Jennifer Love Hewitt. And she was like everything to me at the time. And then uh, O-Town had to have been later. O-Town was later. But moving on, a couple of pop diva stalwarts had a strong year as well, as Madonna's appropriately titled music album spawned a couple of hits, including the dancing title track. And Janet Jackson, pre-Super Bowl, also topped the charts with Doesn't Really Matter, which was from the Nutty Professor soundtrack. Not sure if you guys are familiar with either of those, but they're both pretty catchy songs. Music's really, really catchy. I mean, that's, that's almost... Um, ubiquitous at this point yeah one of my i mean not to throw out a uh i'm not i'm not gonna give free pub to a uh, podcast that doesn't really need it but one of my favorite trivia podcasts they use the music every time the uh every time the category is music yeah that makes sense yeah yeah, it, yeah that's really catchy especially at the beginning plus they she used the word bourgeoisie for the first time in <laughs> 30 years the first time in music history too i think eric madonna anything I know you're, you're like she made music in 2000 she, honestly it, her career began and ended in a league of their own <laughs> the end all the way me go all right <laughs> uh just to kind of touch on a little bit more on the pop music discussion some of the year's biggest songs were what you would probably consider one hit wonders like that overplayed graduation song by vitamin c and the aforementioned who let the dogs out and I simply cannot fail to mention Shaggy, who singles Angel and It Wasn't Me are still some of my favorites to this very day. Mm-hmm. I even finally know what they meant by banging on the bathroom floor. <laughs> Isn't it weird that like when you hear songs as a kid, you just have no idea. You just think one thing, like, what are they doing? And I thought they had like adult, pots and pans, right? They were just like making music on the floor. I don't you allow me to go if you allow me to go 18 years back from where we are for just a second. I had no idea what Michael Jackson was talking about when he said the kid is not my son, but my mom did and she did not want me listening to that song. Yeah, that's fair. That's understandable. Uh my mom I didn't have a similar shout out to Meatloaf, my mom. Uh I did not have a similar filter system. So I was listening to all of them but had no idea what the hell they were talking about. But the songs were good, and my friends liked them, and everyone knew the, you know, you call me red-handed, creeping with a gun, so I didn't know what that meant. Didn't mean I didn't like it, though. Are there any hidden gems in this genre you guys want to bring attention to? Or on the other side, uh, you know, do you d- detest or love any of the songs that I talked about? We get any uh, any love for, um, I was actually, when I fell into the wormhole before I started, came down here, I was listening to some 3LW. <laughs> they were in my <laughs> round later on. Damn it, Eric. No more, baby. I'm a do-right. Yes. yes. Like, yep, there you go. 
I still remember that music video. They like <laughs> were painting. They were drawing themselves with chalk, and then the chalk came alive, and it was like the three of them on a basketball court. And the best part of that song is doing the little rap bridge. The girl goes, here go a quarter. Go call Tyrone. It does need to be brought up that a certain song came out in this year that was pretty big, but gave birth to something that really should never have happened. And that was William oh. Hung. Mm-hmm. Because She Bang came out this year. <laughs> and that song was, uh, it was everywhere, but not in the reason you would want it to be. <laughs> she bang she bang it, uh, i i can't listen to him even now it was i it was terrible then and it's even worse now even oh i i i'm sorry i'm i i blame i uh i i i'm 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 gone i'm sorry <laughs> you can get you can you can hire william hung on cameo i'm pretty sure i'm sure you can it probably cost about 10 bucks <laughs> You know what? That might be the opening to this podcast. I wonder if we can get Ricky, um, um, Ricky Martin for that much too. That would I mean, be what's he doing now? Probably fifteen dollars for yeah. him. He's got yeah. He's got to be more than than William Hung, right? All right. Well, then uh, you're not going to like this next part. Then, in addition to some of the massive hits we already talked about, some of the year's biggest tunes came from an unlikely genre, as Latin music swept the United States, and it was definitely reflected on the charts. Leading the pack was Ricky Martin, who parlayed the success of his 1999 smash, Live La Vida Loca, into another catchy song, She Bangs, even though it's not my favorite version of the song. Neither is the William Hung version. There's, there's better yeah, ones out there. Not. There's better ones out there. Uh, also coming off of a strong 1999 was Jennifer Lopez, who began the year with the singles Feeling So Good and Let's Get Loud, and ended the year with the chart-topping smash hit, Love Don't Cost a Thing. I'll just stop it right here, actually. Um, I wanted your thoughts on J-Lo please never a fan not even a little bit no she bothered me and i don't know why and i yeah i don't know i just can't put your finger on it there was something about her um that just i don't know the song she sang just like made it sound like she i don't know tried to be have more street cred than she did just because she was a fly girl i guess i don't know it's because she was from from, she's from the block she's from the i've heard don't be fooled by the rockets (laughs) right not a song in 2000 but I think I liked her more of an, as an actress than a musician, honestly. She was just kind of there in the 2000s. I, I didn't really care. I didn't dislike her, but, I mean, she was a decent actress. And, yeah, I'm, I've gotten really nothing else to talk about with her. Fair enough. We'll just move on then. Uh, speaking of J-Lo, Mark Anthony scored a number two hit with You Sang to Me. Uh, and Enrique Iglesias topped the charts with his single, Be With You. Uh, so I'll just leave it right there. Um, I, we didn't need to talk about Enrique Iglesias real quick because I just want to shout out Enrique Iglesias for making the music that I grew up to. Big fan of Hero. Also has Jennifer Lopez. or I'm sorry, Jennifer Love Hewitt in the music video. I actually I tried to convince my brother to have that be his wedding song uh, unsuccessfully. Instead, they went with some stupid Beatles song. And don't, don't forget that it was in a hot tub time machine. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, but Enrique had a big year. Christina Aguilera actually started releasing songs in Spanish. Uh, so it was a big year for, the, for Latin music and that kind of revolution. We hadn't really seen too much of it. And I think that like Selena and the Macarena are responsible for it. But it seemed to be at its apex uh, in the year 2000. So I, I just didn't want to leave it out. It wasn't my favorite Spanish music of the year. No? What was that? That would be, uh, that'd be Santana. 
smooth. I, I, I don't know if you want to go that that direction right now, but uh, no, we can we can talk that, about it. That album, no, that album I had right when it came out, and I loved that album. That was, I mean, because you're you're talking classic rock, which is what I was big into at that point, and now Santana's back and he's making good music, and he's teaming up with you know Rob Thomas. And, yeah, you know, it's a lot of mainstream. I mean, Smooth was incredible and it, it, you know just to put it out there it, it was technically released in 1999 but i mean it was all over the charts for the first six or seven months of 2000 it, it's it's important just as a bit of history to talk about that that was that was the number one song in the in the nation when turn of the century happened correct when you know i mean that that was it it ushered in the 2000s and i was there for it i like i really really enjoyed that album it wasn't my favorite song on the album um, I really, really liked Maria Maria, which actually did come out in 2000. That was, uh, I, I, I would turn that one up all the time whenever it came on. Love that one. So in the year 2000, internet was still kind of, you know, I was probably reliant on dial up. So I wasn't, didn't have, you know, no one had access to their phone immediately to find. So when I hear Santana and I was, you know, fresh out of high school and then I hear Rob Thomas singing, and I'm just like, I'd never heard of Santana prior to that as a kid. So I'm like, I thought Rob Thomas was in this other band, and all of a sudden I'm like, he's Santana. What's what's going on? And then then they're like, oh, this new uh, the other new Santana song, like Maria Maria. I'm like, oh, let's hear some Rob Thomas. And then then it's like this R and B hip hop. Yeah, like what's track. going on right now? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember also like again being like a ten year old. I didn't know who Santana was either, uh, and I just like quickly learned like that this was just some guy that like played the guitar. And like other people sang, and I was only listening to the music. I wasn't appreciating, you know, the guitar playing or the artistry. So for me, I just thought Santana was. It's like those. It's like DJs now, right? Who like they get credit for the song. It's like Mark Ronson, right? I was just gonna say. I'm like, is there is there something like before him that was like that, or is he like one of the first ones to really do that? Where he's got an album and it's almost all like these popular artists are collaborating with him and he's did it did it slash make an album did he i i thought i I thought slash like made an album i can't remember if if it was literally just like instrumental guitar playing or if he had like actual songs with artists on it or not but probably probably not to that level that was the first i i can think of where because yeah like mark Mark ronson now like that everyone knows uptown funk and like who's mark ronson all you hear is bruno mars yeah it's like it's like david getta it's like those guys for sure um, yeah, no, Dan, thanks for, for bringing up Santana and Smooth because that needed to be said. Yeah. And yeah, just some of the co- the collaborations he had on that on that album were just... Uh, Wyclef was was big on that album as well. And I, I love Fuji's. Throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I like I liked the Fuji's as well. Um, again, uh, they were broken up by 2000. Right. I was actually getting some nostalgia for the Fuji's in 2000. Mm-hmm. While, while while listening to uh, artists that I really really loved from the seventies, so all over the place in two thousand here. So, all right, let's move forward again. Uh, many of the Latin songs were known for their catchy club beats, and that trend continued with the rise of dance music, which one of the big ones I have to get to here. Although originally released overseas in nineteen ninety eight, technically we can talk about "Blue Daba Di Daba Da" by Eiffel sixty five because it didn't chart into the United States until early two thousand making it one of the most polarizing hits of the year. The song was a commercial success, and you could pretty much hear it everywhere. Um, so what do you guys think about I'm Blue, Dabba Dee, Dabba Da? 
I remember being in a club slash bar underage and that song would come on and people would lose their mind. And I'm like, I got to go to the bar and get another beverage somehow. <laughs> but no, it's, it's one of those songs where like, yeah, you could see the effect it had on people and it was just, it was all right. I don't know. I don't know if I would give it to the level that people liked it, but it was just that catchiness and that, you know, almost like tub thumping kind of way. I always I always thought of it as like uh, like Barbie Girl, right? It's just so ridiculous that it's it's catchy and it's good and it it catches on like wildfire. That song actually made me appreciate dance music. Honestly, I had a, a good friend who was a underground mixed martial arts fighter. At that point, he wasn't. Uh, you you weren't expecting the story to go this way when I talked about dance music, were you? It wasn't sanctioned or anything like that. You had to know somebody to get in. They got paid in cash that night. But one of his rivals slash best friends used Eiffel 65 as a as his entrance music, um, but not that song, a different song. And once I he bought the album, played that song for me, and and blew. And I thought, oh wow, I I can't believe I like this. I don't know why I like this, but it is catchy. And I started, I, I actually started getting into to dance music in the early 2000s because of that. Yeah, definitely had that effect on people. Uh, I, because this has obviously never come up on Benchformers, um, I never learned how to ride a bike as a kid. So, yeah, I'll blame Meatloaf for that one. No, it's completely my fault, actually. My parents took my brother and I out on bikes, and after about two minutes of not being able to do it, I, I threw it down and was like, I'm done with this. Um, so I, I became a roller skater and a rollerblader, so that was, like, my jam. And I used to go to the roller rink, and all they played was dance music when you were skating around the rink. So, I, you know, I skated to... I'm blue, probably about a good 150 hours alone in the year 2000. So I definitely have an appreciation for it, uh, as well as a couple other earworms uh, of dance music that year, like Feel So Good by Sonique and Better Off Alone by Alice DJ. And also Sandstorm, uh, which was released domestically in 2000. And if you've ever watched anyone play Dance Dance Revolution, you know exactly what song I'm talking about. So I won't delve into much more to dance music that... Sounds like that might be more of Dan's area of expertise than it is mine, but uh, it was it, definitely... It, it, it would be a little later on, but really Eiffel 65 is all I had at that point. This, uh, my, my friend Sam, who was the, uh, the, the mixed martial art fighter, uh, he's going to come up again um, with other genres of music. <laughs> he, um, he's the one that introduced me to NSYNC as well. Really, str- I don't know where, where all this music came from with him, but... Uh, he was the one that introduced me to a lot of this stuff because, you know, I wasn't branching out without him. So I don't know why I didn't think about that at the beginning when I was talking about this year. But now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, he he actually had a lot to do with my musical tastes. All right. Well, shout out to Sam. Thank you for uh, contributing to the podcast in a way that you never even realized would happen. Uh, we will get to some other genres because I, I know that Eric's chomping at the bit, uh, you know, to get to a specific one. Um, but I'm going to save that for a little bit later. But let's talk about rock music right now because there were definitely some good rock songs in the year 2000 uh dan i'm so happy to have you on this episode because creed released with arms wide open in april of the year 2000 and it became the band's most successful song so dan let's talk about it for a minute let's it wasn't just it wasn't just with arms wide open though i mean that higher was came out this year too yep. uh, the i think higher was probably play. bigger than higher was bigger than with arms wide open i think but yeah, higher put him on the map and then kind of led to with arms wide open 
making the money that it did. Yeah. I loved Creed. Okay. So I, I'm not, I'm going to be unapologetic about this. I know it's not the, uh, the right, um, the right opinion to have now, but I loved Creed back then. Um, it was hitting that sweet spot between the, the classic rock that I liked and the, the new stuff that was coming out. I really appreciated it. I wore that CD out too. Played that one all the time. All the time. Well, I just heard. <laughs> it, it's news yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, it was a huge song. I, I, I can't deny it either. Some other notable rock hits include Hemorrhage by Fuel, Bent by Matchbox 20, and It's My Life by Bon Jovi. Eric, any thoughts on any of those songs? I was more the three doors down the offspring green day perfect circle lincoln park um i do like the hemorrhage was a good song i enjoyed that one um and they had a few other ones but not from 2000 but even uh was it uh u2 beautiful day was one of my favorite songs from the year 2000 yeah yes gotcha well next up i was gonna say u2 released beautiful day which won them three grammy awards uh, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers released the singles Other Side and Californication to immense success as well. Mm-hmm. So I want to shout out them because I'm, I'm a big Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, for them to, I mean, Under the Bridge had been about four or five years old by the year 2000. And they hadn't really come out with too much until they released Scar Tissue in 99. And then once Californication came out, they, I mean, it really revitalized them as a band. Beautiful Day is the song that got me back into you two. I had given up on them after thir- you know for 13 years and Beautiful Day got me back, pulled me back in. After Joshua Tree, I didn't really care for what they were doing. And um then this song hit and I said, "Oh, this is the U2 I remember." Absolutely, they're not doing stuff like Yellow and oh, my that, hated those songs the whole uh mysterious ways time and yeah i just wasn't a fan of that but yeah beautiful day got, got me back got me back to you two and you two was one of my favorite bands for a long time so i was very very happy when, when yeah, that happened I, I remember as a kid you know being again a 10 year old who was pretty much brainwashed into only liking pop music by my sister and having to kind of sneak anything else behind her back i I remember ha- being upset because Beautiful Day started to eclipse like NSYNC and Britney Spears. I mean, that was the song for quite a while in that year. You know, it was like number one on, you know, TRL and all the shows. And it was, you know, it played in all these commercials and everything. And, and I wasn't supposed to like the song, but secretly I thought it was phenomenal. I still do to this day. So I definitely share that sentiment with you guys as well as bent by matchbox 20 i really like that song as well um i didn't really know who matchbox 20 was until that song came out and that kind of prompted me to and mean very, santana <laughs> yes exactly until santana came out and then you know i was able to go back and, and listen to some of the other ones and kind of got me into rob thomas for sure so eric brought up three doors down I mean, let's let's just talk about the beat that starts out kryptonite kryptonite yeah. is one of my absolute favorite songs in general from any year so it's definitely one of my favorites from the year 2000 when you hear that drums drum part to start that song you're like i know exactly what song this is and i'm gonna have a great time listening to it it's so much fun well i took a walk around the world to ease my troubled mind it's that's such a good song and i don't even really like three doors down but i love that song 
I liked Loser too, actually. Yeah, I was just going to say Loser was probably, I actually enjoyed that more than Kryptonite after, you know, Kryptonite sucked me in and then, you know, yeah. he had to find another song on that album and then there, there was Loser. Yeah, another band that uh, that Eric mentioned that he was into was Linkin Park, who burst onto the scene with their debut album, Hybrid Theory, which was also definitely a favorite of mine. They released the singles One Step Closer and In the End uh, in the year 2000, and those were really, really big as well. And and there wasn't a lot like that when it came out, right? They had the mixture of the the uh, the rock and the rap, and you know, just kind of a different style. But but yes, I mean you're right. The thing is, is you're right. There there wasn't anything else like that. But there was, and I don't know what was different about Lincoln Park because I mean cooler. they were reinventing the wheel. This had been done many times before. I mean Aerosmith and right. and Run DMC. I mean Anthrax and Public Enemy had done it. But this was different. Much earlier, within, it was within one band, so it yes, didn't require. It was, but feature, but. Fred Durst was doing it too. Yep, Link, and Kid Rock was kind of doing it at the exactly. time. Exactly, but some, there was something about Lincoln Park that made it different, and I can't I, put my finger on it. I, I, I think I know that he wasn't a douche. Well, there's that. <laughs> I mean, you hit, you Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit. There's there's a there's a common factor there is that they're pretty douchey. But yeah, not to. No, I mean, I, I think you're right. I, I I think that's it. Like I said, it was cooler. It seemed like you weren't ashamed to tell your friends that you liked Lincoln Park. You were ashamed if you went up to your friend and like, hey, I listened to Ball with the Ball last night. You know, like that was not good. But if you listen to Lincoln Park, your friend was like, oh, yeah, so did I. You know, like in the end is a great song. So uh, you did mention Fred Durst and Limp Biscuit. Roland did come out in the year 2000. I have to shout it out just because being a big wrestling fan and when they got the license in to use that as Undertaker's theme, I went nuts, and I I still like that song to this day because of it. Not as a um, not even a segue into rap, but it it works. Is my, one of my favorite songs of that year, and probably even to this day, is the Roland remix with you know DMX, Method Man, Red Man, and with Swizz Beats doing it. It, it. it was just one of my favorite songs, and it was my friend would we be driving down the street in his Ford Tempo, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, with his two like twelve inch speakers in the back, and it, I, I'm surprised I can hear to this day with how loud the bass was in that song, and just like you could feel your brain rattle in your head. It was awesome, and it speaks to the success of that song too. That you could get such big name, you know, artists to come on and, and remix that for him. I mean, especially at the time, those names were. Well, I mean, we'll get to it, but you know, those names were definitely pretty big. Uh, the other song that i want to shout out as well is last resort by papa roach there we go in the year 2000 and i mean you want to talk about songs that like instantly recognizable when it starts and then all the way my through locked into pieces this is my last resort and then you get the <laughs> yeah exactly so i i had to bring that up as a 10 year old that was like the coolest song i'd ever heard up until that point in my life and that, it, that, yeah, it was incredible. That guitar, that yeah, that that's what the hook was for me. And I, yeah, and then the way he's kind of like speaking the verses, you know, he's, he's he cut my life into pieces. I need my last resort, suffocation, no breathing. It was just, it was just so cool. That was like the song that like I would listen to at friends' houses because I knew my mom would have none of it. Oh, okay. Speaking of which, I would be remiss if we didn't bring up the Bloodhound Gang. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, bad touch. Bad, bad touch was everywhere. <laughs> do, does do they have a genre? What are they? What what is that? What is that song? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of kind of rock, kind of 
not. I mean, it's a little it, dancey. It's got the. It's beat. poppy. It's it's. Well, there was there were a bunch <laughs> of bands like that at this point, though. That were for, for, well, first of all, baby, you and me ain't nothing but mammals. So let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Dude, may have been the best line written in 2000. Just just throwing it out there. But another, okay, another band that I loved at this point, actually it wasn't even a band that I loved, it was the song that I loved. And I remember the very first time that I heard it. I was in my apartment, I was walking out the door and my roommate was in the kitchen making something. So the TV was on, it was on MTV. And this song started and I was, what is this? I've never heard anything like this before. I love this. And I stood at the door and watched it the entire video and, and wouldn't leave. And that was Butterfly by Crazy Town. Oh, so good. Oh. Another one of those songs that's like in between different genres. Exactly. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. My butterfly, sugar, baby. I mean, I didn't know what that was. That was, it, it was, this, this was reggae? Was I still this, don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was I, like I, was, I, I remember thinking it was a boy band, right? Because it was like a group of guys, and you know, and they were. Called, are we sure it's not? They were called Crazy Town, and I was like, "Huh? There's O Town, there's Youngstown, now there's Crazy Town. This must be a boy band." And quickly, I was like, "No, this isn't a boy band. Like this guy's shirtless, but he has tattoos. Like that's not what the other ones look like." Yeah, they just I was, kept their shirts. <laughs> I was frozen at the door, just watching this video and going, "I." I've never okay this is what we're doing now you, you know I probably don't feel that way because I I've seen the movie Orange County so kind of ruined that song for me but yeah I mean <laughs> that's, the, the music in the background on it too was just little strums of the guitar it, it was it was like a boy band met 311 yes and they had a yes. child yeah, it, yeah, no, that's, that's like actually, LFO yeah. and 311 got together in a trailer park and said, What do we need to do right now? In a trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I completely agree that Crazy Town Butterfly is, and that's also like a karaoke staple of mine. So it holds a really special place in my heart because <laughs> nothing gets the crowd going and uh, the Heineken's flowing like a little Crazy Town. Oh, that's you? <laughs> that's it's me that's me he's that he's that guy at the bar uh, yeah I'm, I'm that guy at the bar for sure um yeah no th those you know again those songs were really weaving in and out of different genres there was definitely an element of of rap in a lot of those uh 2000 was a banner year for hip-hop and r&b as major artists began to emerge in the superstardom uh outcast released the well-renowned album stankonia which features the hit uh miss jackson and uh later so fresh so clean bob i guess is what we're calling it now uh bombs over baghdad we'll, we'll just say it on here so um you know those guys were huge that year uh as far as rap groups were concerned and i remember repeatedly watching the miss jackson music video with my brother and sister because it was just so catchy do you want to talk about the beat in the background and just the the sorry miss jackson part and the never meant to make you doubt a cry like it made me feel like i had harmed miss jackson myself you know and that's such just such a good song and it seems like by the nods on your heads that you guys like that one as well I was a huge Outkast fan. That CD when it came out, and it's weird saying CD now. So when that album came out, I was at Media Play picking that up the day it came out, and it was, yeah. That's one of those bands that I didn't get into until much later. Um, I, didn't have an, I, I didn't have an entryway into 
into rap and hip hop at that point. Um, I, I mean, I loved, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was a huge fan of like late eighties, early nineties rap, but the new stuff, I just, I, I had no, I had no entryway into it. I was working with kids. So the, the real edgy stuff I wasn't hearing. I mean, I was hearing yeah. a lot of pop. You know? Couldn't throw some bombs over Baghdad on <laughs> while you're working with the kids. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Check this out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, 2000 probably the year that I really started getting into hip-hop. You know, because, again, the pop music was so prevalent in, you know, 1998, 1999, and I'm eight, nine years old. So that's I'm just listening to whatever's on the TV, whatever my sister has on. I don't have remote control at, access yet. I wasn't quite at that, that level of prestige. So that's when I really started to get into it, and I thought Outkast was so cool. Another artist that had a huge, huge uh, year and really, I would say, cemented himself for at least a couple months uh, on the throne as Rap's Biggest Star uh, was Jay-Z. Um, he released Big Pimpin'. He released I Just Want to Love You, which featured the vulgar lyrics that 10-year-old Scott did not understand. Give me that funk, that sweet, that nasty, that gushy stuff. I thought he was talking about Play-Doh. I, I really didn't know what was going on, but Jay-Z had a, a really big year uh, that year as well. And rap kind of needed that because, you know, Biggie and Tupac, and, and it was down for a couple years there. And, and I feel like he really started to put it back on the map. Would you, would you say, though, that he had a bigger year than Eminem? Well, that's why I said I, I feel like it lasted for a couple of months. Yeah. Like, I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like Big Pimpin' came out, and he was right there. And then as was, I'm waiting was, to get to Eminem, because that Big Pimpin' came out early in the year. Yeah, it was like the was it Life and Times of uh, Sean Carter Volume Three. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And it's, you know, for, for a little while there, he was definitely the guy to, to fill that void that you know again like Rat didn't have. Is that is that is that who who was oh geez the song Parking Lot Pimpin' who was that? No, that wasn't him. It wasn't. I don't no, I don't think that was him. He I think was, that might be. I think that might be somebody else. Hold on. No, it was Parking Lot Pippin is Jay-Z. Is it? It just might not be that album. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so he had a big year that year. Um, before we and get to... Until, until the Marshall, Marshall Matters LP came out. Yep, and exactly. It was and game over. Yep, and I'm going to get to that momentarily. Before that, okay. though, I just want to go over some other ones as well. Uh, some of the catchiest songs of the year came from the hip-hop side of things, like Shake Your Ass by Mystical. Shake your ass. Watch yourself. Shake your ass. Show me what you're working with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Party Up by DMX. Oh, yeah. 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 I've been here. And Country Grammar by Nelly. Can we, uh, can we give some, some love to the, the kind of the one-hit one? Even though not, I wouldn't say one-hit wonders, but, you know, Whistle While You Twerk, um, <laughs> Wobble Wobble. Oh, geez. Hold on. What else do I got? Uh, whoa. Come on. Woe was good. Wa- I mean, Wobble Rob. Wobble was good. Black Rob with Woe was all. I'm pretty sure he's back in jail, too. That's a shame. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. And then uh, was it? Oh, no. I, I would have to say is, is it's an anthem song for the year 2000 is Get Your Roll On. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That was before um, Stay Fly came out. Yes. That was, like, their big one for sure. But, you know, everybody was rapping along to Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind. You know, and, and shake your ass. Like, those were so big. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. So um, that party up made it into my circles. That, that, that was huge. I used to do call and response for the kids to try and get them to quiet down. And, like, if I were to yell out, you know, who let the dogs out, they'd all go, who, who, and then they'd be quiet, you know. 
I was actually able to do y'all are going to make me lose my mind and they'd all go up in here. And yeah, Th that one made it to me. <laughs> it made it under an episode of King of Queens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, obviously like Mike. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, that song was huge. I remember um, Shake Your Ass. Was that, was it Scary Movie 2? Yes, it was in Scary Movie 2 when they had like the priest, Andy Richter and uh, James Woods. And they were doing, they did uh, like a, I don't even know what kind of version you would call it, like a church version of <laughs> Shake Your Ass. And wait, 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 I don't know the song hilarious. you're talking about. You're talking about Shake It Fast, right? Yes. <laughs> I was just going to say the edited version. Yes, exactly. So uh, that was a, a really big song. Shout out to Mystical, who I don't think is behind bars. He, are we sure? Because I know he went back for a minute. I'm not, I mean, I, I'm not positive. He hasn't popped up on the Masked Singer yet. So we has got to be where he could be. Uh, all right, so let's let's get into this as well. Dr. Dre took some time off from running his record label to deliver us the next episode and forgot about Dre, the latter of which featured Eminem, who might have just had the most successful year of anyone in the year 2000. Uh, but real quick, before we get into that, the next episode, that beat at the beginning, that is incredible. And I love the, and I still got love for the streets line. But uh, let's, uh, let's break the seal now. Eminem released the Marshall Mathers LP, uh, which Rolling Stone named the best album of the year. The LP spawned hits like The Way I Am, The Real Slim Shady, and the cult classic Stan. Uh, in my personal opinion, Real Slim Shady and Stan are two of the best hip-hop songs of all time, let alone just the year 2000. So that's what got me into hip-hop and kept me into hip-hop. And like uh, to this day, if you were asked me to name like my top 10 favorite hip-hop songs, they're both in there. And, and Stan might just be number one. So I, uh, I, we have to take a few minutes here to talk about Eminem. Uh, Dan, Eminem. Eminem is a personal favorite of mine, but it wasn't in 2000 that I discovered it. Yes, I knew who he was. You'd have to be living under a rock to not know this. But I was, again, I wasn't, in, I wasn't into the, the genre at that point. I hadn't made it back in yet. I didn't discover the Marshall Mathers LP until after Without Me, much later. And then I went back and went, oh, okay. And it's, it was at that point that I realized, uh, yeah, so this is what we're doing in hip hop now. This is, this is it. There's, that's the, going to be the benchmark of how great of an, uh, great a performer, how great an album is when all of a sudden that's what we're doing now that, and, and that's what it was. I mean, um, Eminem came on the scene and all of a sudden it was okay. Eminem's the greatest rapper in the world. And it's not close. It, and it happened overnight. Yeah, it literally happened. Like, Real Slim Shady came out, and the next day everyone was like, please stand up, please stand up. And from there, it, like I said, the seal was broken. Like, the floodgates opened, and, and it, that was it. How much, how much is Dr. J responsible for the beginning, though? You know what I mean? Like, those first two albums he did were very different than, I mean, from when Eminem was something to, to add, once Dre left, Right, you know, and let him do his own thing. It changed a lot, and I lost a little bit of it. I mean, it was still good, but it wasn't as good. So I kind of hold him slightly responsible for how good Eminem was in the beginning. I mean, I think that's fair, and part of it too is obviously the bigger he became, the more careful he had to be. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and so that obviously, I mean, Marshall Mathers LP is that's not something a ten year old should even know exists. 
At, you know, I mean, I remember being in the Little League and, and one of my teammates was singing Kill You. And I was just like, I, I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I know I shouldn't, but I like it. One of my favorite songs on that album. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's just, there was that one. And then there was also, um, you know, uh, you can you can whistle this out. Bitch, please, number two, because I love the original. And then that one was just as good as that. I'm mean, like, yeah. Hands down, probably one of the best rap albums of all time. And it had Dido on it. Yeah. Who saw that coming? <laughs> he did. Well, obviously, yeah. But yes. I, I was like, is, 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 that, is that Dido? <laughs> sure enough. Hey, all of a sudden, Dido's got street cred. Yeah. You know, that's, I, you know I, I read something a while ago. I mean, there almost hasn't been as much of a jump in album sales as Dido's after Stan came out. Like, the, that song, her song, Thank You. I mean, yeah. was sell, like, you know, selling peanuts. And then all of a sudden she's on Stan and, and next thing you know, like, that's like a platinum album. So I don't know if you want to put this in. You can cut this out if you want. Um, but Saturday Night Live, it just happened to do a parody of Stan. Yeah, just, this, just recently. This yeah. past weekend. Yeah. Um, with, uh, was it Pete Davidson about, it was called Stew. And it was, and I'm not a Pete Davidson fan, and I thought that was genius. Um, just so, you know, writing Santa Claus a letter about a PS5, and it was just shows you how, like, 20 years later, that's still on people's minds. You know, Stan. Well, it's, it's also just, now it's it's now a term for a fan. Like, if you're a fan of someone, you know, in hip hop, they say like I'm a Stan. You know, so I mean, it sparked its own. That's just like the general nomenclature now, and like hip hop jargon is, you know, like right now I'm a J Cole Stan. You know, for example, like it's. So for it to have that sort of success, I mean, you know, commercially he was the top artist of the year. And I just think from a, like a, a dance had a perspective of, Oh, that's, that's what this is now. You know, that's where music in general, not even necessarily just hip hop, but like, that's, that's where this thing is going. In, insane. And no one would have saw that coming. Uh, let's move over to the R and B side. Actually, before we do that, Eric, I know you probably have a long list there. So if you want to pop off any quick hitters, oh, uh, you know, what's your fantasy by Ludacris or whatever. It was big. It was big with uh, Jay Z and parking lot Pippin was the year. I just did some typing right now. Um, Trina, you know, baddest bitch. Who else? Little Kim. Little Kim. Jeez. Oh, and you know what? It, we, we didn't even touch on it. And everyone know, knew this song, regardless of if you were five to probably 50, was uh, Trick Daddy, Shut Up. Oh, yeah. Everybody knew that song. Um, but, yeah, just I was really almost exclusively into rap, you know, around the year 2000. And it was it was at Master P. Just the, My CD collection was insane, and it was, you know, a little bit of Bow Wow, a little bit of Aaliyah, who's, you know, unfortunately passed. Probably. She was probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, the Benchformers Trivia Podcast. <laughs> if you're listening and you have not listened to that podcast, I highly recommend it. And you'll know what that means if you listen to it. Uh, yeah, on the R&B side, let's kick it over there a little bit. Uh, the biggest hit out of that genre was definitely Cisco's Thong Song. Uh, which was way too inappropriate for kids to be listening to, but I heard it every single day that summer. Uh, Eric, Dong Song, what are your thoughts? Loved it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
I mean, it, it, can you be more brief? Like, it's just, yeah, it was just one of those catchy songs, no matter what was just in your head, you heard it, and it was in your head for at least a day. It's the equivalent of I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner of the year 2000. You, you were, Really? You hear Thong Song, and immediately for the next four and a half hours, you're sitting there in the kitchen making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich saying, get Dumps like a truck, 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 thighs like what, what, what? Like, really? That's all I'd be saying for about a day. He makes a good point, Dan, even though it looks like you want to dispute that. <laughs> can't. I want to, but I can't. Thong, I, I ch- thong, thong, thong. Th- yeah. See? Yeah. I, I guarantee you go tomorrow morning, first thing you do, you play Thong Song. Don't explain it to no, your wife at all. not going to happen. Not going to happen. Just, just, just play it and don't even explain it. And I guarantee ask her at noon. What's in your head? And she was like, still be singing, singing the thong song while she's making lunch. While she's making lunch. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I, again, completely, completely agree. I grew up in, I don't even want to say predominantly, I grew up in an all-urban neighborhood. And, like, you could not escape that. That was every single boombox, every car radio, almost, like, in unison, somehow you know was playing thong song it was on like six different radio stations at the same time so you could hear the whole song just walking to the store just from different radio stations you'd catch one part and then you know if you if you ran and sped up a little bit you'd catch where you were from the next radio station that that song was everywhere uh many of the other big r&b hits were female driven like uh the aforementioned Aaliyah's try again uh, as well as Case of the X by Maya and Independent Women by Destiny's Child, whose songs from the year before also still dominated the charts. Uh, so those were some really big hits. I personally was a huge fan of uh, Case of the X by Maya. I think it's a really underrated song in general. And also Try Again was really good with the, it's been a long time, we shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. And that had a really great beat on it. Eric, it seems like you appreciate that. I love Aaliyah. Rest in peace. I'm hoping she can release something soon, but oh, she's probably dead. <laughs> no. Uh, where, where do we put Pink? Uh, I put her in uh, the little round I had later on. Like, is she R&B or is she pop? In 2000, she was R&B. Okay. After that, she was pop. Okay. She came out as R&B. Like, there you go. Yeah. Was, that's exactly was, what that, I was that's thinking. definitely okay. an R&B song. And then it was, she had like Most Girls, which was pretty R&B. My sister bought the album, so like I can name every track on there. But then the rest of her album is like kind of rock almost. And then she went away and came back with like Get the Party Started and had really been pop ever since. So I I would say There You Go to me is an R&B song. Like when I listen to that, I like after that, I play Maya and like Brandy. Like it's in that same category for me. Dan, I... Aaliyah, I, I don't want to because, you know, she's probably dead, but any, any thoughts on Aaliyah or Maya or any of them? I, this is not going to come as a shock to anybody. I'm not a huge R&B fan at all. I mean, I did like I Try, Macy okay. Gray. I, I did like that song a lot, and I don't know why, probably just because of her vocal style. Yeah. Very different. But then there was the, the one song that you couldn't escape especially with me working at uh, working with the kids and they'd be putting on uh, now that's what I call music and stuff. And I would hear all the time, ladies, leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and their pockets full grown. Oh yeah. Eric, that's probably in those underage clubs that you were, that you were frequenting. I know I, I, in the club is jumping, jumping. 
I was um we, we were in college so they were in underage clubs. I had a funny story not to get off on a tangent. I was, you know, all my friends are about a year or two older. So I was about 19 at the time. We go to a bar and we're in a college town and like, oh, I'm going to chalk your ID. Um, yeah, but you got to make a one into a zero. Can they really do that? Yeah, just give them 10 bucks. They'll chalk it up nice and good and you'll get in without a problem. So he chalks it. I'm, I'm hammered while we try to get into this bar. I hand it to the guy. He takes a flashlight to the back of it. He's like, get out of here. And he threw my ID. I'm so destroyed. I go to grab my ID that landed in the street. Almost got hit by a car. <laughs> Just like not even paying attention. So R&B music almost killed me. All right. I guess we'll just move on then. Uh, we don't have to talk more about Destiny's Child, I suppose. Uh, but staying on the topic of female music success, the year's biggest Billboard chart topper was a country song. Uh, a feat that had been accomplished for the first time since 1959. You guys may know this because, you know, you obviously did some research on this earlier, just on the year in general, but any ideas what song that was? Is that, is that Faith Hill? We Breathe. It is Breathe yeah. by Faith Hill. I mean, in, in a year where, I mean, think about all these songs that we've talked about, right? Bye, 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 Oops, I Did It Again, Real Slim Shady, Last Resort, Miss Jackson, Beautiful Day. and we'll this while you twerk. Song. <laughs> yes in the same category and this song ends up being the number one song of the year so that you know i'm not a country music fan much to this day nor at the time but i actually don't mind faith hill um it was a little bit more poppy you know it wasn't necessarily like the twangy well that's that's why i think it, it went to number one because if it had that twang in it you would have lost a ton yeah. of people with it it was very much like shania twain-esque she yeah. had done it the last the, a few years before and it's, breathe was i mean breathe was a good song and she also had the way you love me on that same yeah. album which was a really good song as well so i just shout out to faith hill she was she was like the original taylor swift because that's how taylor swift started off you know i guess technically country oh yeah and now she's not yeah <laughs> so just moved over yep well, I think it all goes back to that. It's the same thing. It was honestly, it's, it's the Britney effect. It's like you had to have some sort of pop in your music if you were going to chart. You know, even if you were a country artist, you had to have some element where someone could listen to it and say like, oh, that sounds a little bit like that other song I heard on the radio. Yeah. Well, then, then they, they play them on the, you know, the adult contemporary stations where if it was so twangy and country, it'd be on your local country station yep. and it wouldn't see its way out of there. You know what? One of the, one of my favorite songs of the year that year was also technically a country song, and it again didn't have the the twang to it, and it was just it was just a really good and beautiful song, and I loved it. And that was "Amazed" by Lone Star. Yeah, that is technically a country I, song. I, I, anytime that anytime I hear that song now, even I I have to listen to it. Yeah, I think another one like that too that also got some mainstream success was uh, that song "I Hope You Dance" by Leanne mm -hmm. Womack. It's another one of those. It's a country song, but it was it, it veered enough into pop land where you know you would hear it on you know your local pop radio. And that's one of those. I think it got a lot of its popularity too because it was played at probably almost every wedding. Well, that animes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where it got a lot of its, you know, popularity from because it would be played at almost every wedding that year. It's almost like that Ed Sheeran song um, today. Like, yeah, it was like the wedding equivalent of, of the graduation song I mentioned earlier. Being yeah. that literally every graduation. I mean, that's what made those songs huge is that you couldn't escape them. They were on like, the you know, TV show season finales and things like that. 
was, you know, you were hearing them all over the place. I'm sure they were on an episode of Dawson's Creek in the year 2000. <laughs> Which is on Netflix now. My wife tries to watch it all the time, and I'm just I'm about to cancel the internet. I just got a podcast I got to record, so I can't really. She knows she's got me. I can't cancel the right. internet. Yeah, no, no, you're right. She does. She's 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 got you on her lock and key. <laughs> um, that's all the mainstream stuff I really wanted to uh, to cover. I'll throw it over to you guys if you know you have some some songs that you want to show some love to, and and then I will. Uh, I'll do a lyrics quiz with you guys and then we'll call it a night. Okay. So one song that we didn't um, talk about that is just a personal favorite of mine because it's just, I don't know. My, my, my wife was a big fan of it and I heard it a lot with her and I kind of really came to like it was um, everything you want by vertical horizon. It came you guys this are year. ruining my lyrics round, but that's, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, yeah, it, I mean, that's a really, it's a cool song. Yeah. 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 Um, I wanted to throw that one. I wanted to make sure that one got out. Maybe I don't want to throw any more out just because. Oh, no, uh, it's fine. Go for it. I have a pretty long list there. We'll be fine. <laughs> if I were to say, this is the story of a girl. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, one time I saw, I sang that song for nine days. That was a bad joke. Sorry. No, that was no, good. I'm giving, I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm giving you the Justin Timberlake stare. <laughs> you get an eye roll on that one. <laughs> uh, no, that was a really big song too. Um, what is that? Is that is that rock? What what is that? That's that's pop. why we hadn't talked about it. I mean, that's yeah. that pop, pop, but rock. it's not. Yeah, it's a pop rock. It's pop you rock. Know, just, don't drink it. Did don't drink it with soda. You'll head head it. Um, another song that was really went a long way toward making this band much bigger than they were at the time was "Meet Virginia" by Train. That that kind of started the train, as, as it were. Yeah, I, I think you'd have to say that it did. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Drops of Jupiter, I feel like, is the one that, you know, ultimately really made them mainstream. But yeah, Meet Virginia was, a, I remember that being a pretty big song. And then one song that I forgot to bring up while we were talking about dance, and a band that I, I shouldn't say it's a band because it's not a band, but a group that I really, really enjoy, One More Time by Daft Punk came out this year, too, so... One I mean, to, yeah, that's like one, one more time. Yeah, that song's so catchy. You just got the feeling so free. Yeah. We're gonna celebrate. That's that's so catchy. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those bands that came around now, and I did not, you know, connect them to that they were around in two thousand. Yeah, there were a lot of those bands, like even the Gorillas, were starting to come out as well. I mean, they didn't oh, release Clint Eastwood until two thousand one, so technically. I think yeah. 19 2000 came out, which is one of my favorite yep. gorilla songs. Love yeah. that song. Days Go By by Dirty Vegas was another oh. song that I skated to a lot. Oh, yeah. It also <laughs> came out that year. I forgot about that. So I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really that and Daft Punk one more time would almost play like simultaneously um, yep. at the skating rink or wherever I was. So, so let's, I mean, it's not a musician, but I mean, Spike Jones music yeah. videos. At this point, you know, that yeah. was. Yeah, I, I really wanted to talk about uh, Fat Boy Slim, but unfortunately, their big songs were 99 and 2001. Yeah. So they didn't quite make it. Yep. Uh, but I mean, those were still even huge in 2000, you know, like um, Rockefeller Skank. Rockefeller Skank. Weapon yeah. of Choice. Weapon of Choice was later, but. Yeah, right. But those, yeah. those were really big. Praise so, You. Praise, praise You was you. huge. Yep. Yeah. So you, we, we've mentioned two things in the show, but this song did not come up with because we've mentioned it so far apart. We've mentioned wrestling, and you mentioned Wyclef, but nobody 
mentioned the It Doesn't Matter song featuring The Rock. <laughs> Which was what I love that song when it came out. It was so ridiculous and stupid, and I loved every second of it. I, I like the uh, the Run DMC, the Degeneration X song. And I, I, I remember really liking theirs. That was in the year 2000. I was firmly entrenched in WCW in the year 2000. Uh, we're not going to go. We're, yeah. we're, you yeah, weren't we're, getting a lot of mainstream, uh, yeah. mainstream music there. Might get some Lone Star in there, but that's about it. No, you'd get the West, te- the <laughs> West Texas say, Rednecks. You did get Master P. You, I yeah, mean, you did. Woody hoo! <laughs> the No Limit Soldiers, they, they were in there. Uh, any, anything else, Dan? No, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm You're tapped I'm spent. out. All right, Eric. So one band that wasn't even mentioned yet, and I think needs to be because they, they did have a big, very, very big 2000 was uh, Disturbed. Oh, uh, <laughs> Down with the Sickness, Stupefied, yeah. like that CD was album, I guess, sorry. Yeah, no, um, I, I own that album. My brother bought it and I was like, what is this? And then it was one of those things where like I played that way more than he did. Yeah. And um, Dan, you would appreciate this because you were at Geek Bowl a couple of years ago in Vegas. Um, if you've never taken the time which i feel a lot of people have not if you've never looked up richard cheese he does an amazing cover of done with the sickness he does um i i in my mind richard cheese is canceled now but uh oh i'm sorry is it is his name dick cheese <laughs> no yes. that was a uh that was a whole thing at uh at geek bowl actually dick cheese it was all right then I, uh, I won't ask you guys to elaborate. <laughs> Pretty so, sure I got um, sick. <laughs> one, one song that I hate here, we'll give you this. And it's, and, I mean, it, it happens to be Christmas time. Um, but the, the most evil Christmas song ever invented um, came out in the year 2000. And that's Christmas Shoes by oh. New Song. That came out in the year 2000. That is the most ridiculously just that's evil song ever and created ever more so than my neck my back you just use christmas shoes and my neck my back in the same wow only on people don't forget do you get content like this people oh i i'm not going to say it's the worst christmas song because that's simply having a wonderful christmas time but (laughs) it's up there it's just if you sit there and you do dissect that song it is just evil it yeah. was based on a poem that I'd heard before. So I, when I first heard the song, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. All right. So, uh, Eric, if that's it, um, that's it. I'm going to wrap this up with just a little bit of a payback, I guess, um, oh. for what you did to us during our fantasy football draft. And uh, Dan actually gets to be a part of this one as well. Um, uh. No, this should be cool. I'm just going to read off some lyrics, and then you guys just jump in if you know it. All these songs are from the year 2000. If name the artist, the song, whatever you can to get okay, there. Before you start this, just I'm let not me timing point, it or anything, Dan. Just, no, I just want to point out. <laughs> I just want to point out that you've got two very different trivia styles mm-hmm. in in people right here. You've got Eric, who has an eidetic memory, mm-hmm. and is going to remember any lyric that he's seen written down, and you've got me, who has to go into the mind palace to remember <laughs> things. He's going to have all of these before I have I, a chance. I'm to, not even keeping Dan? score. Dan, there's a reason he said this was revenge. <laughs> okay. I'm not even keeping score. So, it, it, you know, I just, these are songs that I want to mention. And the best way to do it is th- rather this way because, you know, they maybe weren't big enough to, you know, merit an entire conversation about. So, first one is, don't want to love you if you don't love me. 
Don't want to need you when you won't need me to. Don't want to tell you this now or it wouldn't be right if I didn't tell you this tonight. Is it J-Lo? It's not. <laughs> I, this is so, I mean, it's, it's pretty obscure, but it was a really big pop hit by a, a British female singer. Not Leona Lewis. Nope. It's it's got to tell you by Samantha Mumba. Mumba oh, number you, five. <laughs> you could have sang the sung the hooker from that, and I wouldn't have got I, it. I did <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, next one is "Baby Set Me Free from This Misery." I can't take it no more. And please, if you are listening, please shout the answer wherever you're listening in the car at your kids. Shout out these answers if you know them. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's a boy band. Is that? That's 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 such a bad song. <laughs> it's such a bad, I got that, nothing on this. Isn't that like BB Mac or something stupid? So that is back here by BB Mac. <laughs> Until you're back here, baby. Yes. Oh my God! It's such a bad song. <laughs> All right. Next up. Do I know? Do you know I dumped your husband, girlfriend? I'm not thinking about him, but you married him. And this, this is, sounds like something I'm not going to know. Is it 3LW? <laughs> it's not. That is, he wasn't man enough by Tony Braxton. Yes. All right. I'm so bad at this. This one's pretty popular. Uh, this song was big in the year. It, it was in a really big movie that also came out. Uh, you can try to resist, try to hide from my kiss. Don't you know? Don't you know? That sounds familiar. The female artist. That's um. That's from Coyote Ugly. Uh, can't Leanne. fight the moonlight. Yes, can't fight the moonlight. there you go. There yeah. it is. All right, on the board. <laughs> this one also, I think, might be pretty easy. One, you're like a dream come true. Two, just want to be with you. Three, girl, it's plain to see that you're the only one for me. It's back to one by Brian McKnight. Correct. <laughs> hey, you want to talk about songs that are at weddings, depending on the wedding. <laughs> All right. Let's I think see. he's from Buffalo. Really? I got to look this up. He might be one of those guys that they like to throw out at Buffalo. I'm like, oh, you know, he's from uh, Buffalo, New York. Look at that. Wow. Like 60. Yeah, I had no idea he was from Buffalo. Shout out to Brian McKnight in Buffalo. All right. He's here anymore. No, probably not. Next one. I'll never let you turn around. You're back on each other. That's a good idea. Break, Break a promise to your mother. This is by a band. I know what band it is. I don't know the song. It's, um, it's Blind. Blind. Yep. It's never let, never you, let go. you go. Okay. Correct. It's amazing how you knock me off my feet. Every time you come around me, I get weak. This is an R&B song. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Got any more? Uh, I'm so close to it. Hold on. Uh, I want to know what makes you cry so I can be the one that always makes it right. Tell I'm me not. what I got to do to please you. Baby, anything you say, I'll do. Because I only want to make you happy from the bottom of my heart. It's true. That's I Want to Know by Joe. Yes. I'm used to the Joe remix featuring Mystical. Oh, the Stutter remix? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next thing is 
when you want it the most, there's no easy way out. When you're ready to go and your heart's left in doubt. Don't give up on your faith. Love comes to those who believe it. Oh, um, and that's the way it is. Celine Dion. That is it. That's correct. All right. Next up, we've got, I think I dreamed you into life. I have been waiting all my life. Sung in a really high falsetto. Oh, um, Savage Garden. Yeah, yeah. It's I knew I loved you before Savage I met Garden. you. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> I felt weird saying it without the falsetto. That's what makes it so hard, right? Uh, meet me at the altar in your white dress. We ain't getting no younger. We might as well do it. Jagged edge. Jagged edge. Let's get married. Tell me love isn't true. It's just something that we do. And this artist blood, was mentioned earlier. Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> it is. Is that is that Madonna? It is. Don't tell me by Madonna. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Next one is. I dream about a girl who's a mix of Destiny's Child. Just a little touch of Madonna's wild style with Janet Jackson's smile. Is that Aaron Carter? It's not Aaron's party. Come get it. Although that did come out in the year 2000. Throw in a body like Jennifer. You've got the star of my liquid dreams by O-Town. O-Town. Wow. <laughs> and. All right. Uh, her boyfriend, he don't know anything about her. He's too stoned. Nintendo. I wish that I could make her see. That's um, why. Come on, I it, it, it's uh, I know I don't know who the band is. It's the art of losing by American Hi-Fi. Yep, that is American Hi-Fi. Isn't the song called it's, Flavor it's of the Week? Flavor of the Week, though. Oh, it's, it's not the art yeah, of losing. Never mind. Song, Sorry. Yep. All right. No change to unlock. So free to do what he wants. He's into what he's got. He loves me. He loves you not. Dream. Dream. <laughs> the white 3LW. Yes. The blonde one was hot. Oh, <laughs> Melissa, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the names. <laughs> well, she got... I'll tell you when we're not recording, but something... There's something like a reason that I'll always remember her. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and... <it's, laughs> yeah. We got a couple more here. That's Patreon bonus information right there. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, let go your heart, let go your head, and feel it now. No, I've never heard this song in my life. Okay. I don't think I have either. Let go your heart, let go your head, and feel it now. It's a song called Babylon. I've heard it, but I did not know the name of it. Yeah, it was like top 40. By who? David Gray. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who he is, but the song was... I remember the song being really big. It's one of those, like, Duncan Sheik type songs, Dan. Oh. That just, like... I'm barely breathing. Uh, all right. Two more. This one is, I can't pretend that you're only my friend when you're holding my body tight. Because I like the way you're making me move. I like the way you're making me wait. At the end of the night, when you make up your mind, you'll be coming on home with me. Nope. I know it, but I don't. That is Faded by Soul Decision. Yes, it is. Really fun song. I have so much stuff to download after this. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, last one. Where would I be without my baby? The thought alone might break me. 
and I don't want to go crazy, but every thug needs a lady. That is Put It On Me by Ja Rule. That is Put It On Me by Ja Rule. That's the beginning of the, the Ja Rule craze. Yes. Right in late 2000. Um, yeah. That, so, went, that went for a good three years, four years. Yeah, it went, yeah, it definitely went longer than maybe it should have. <laughs> I guess that depends on your interpretation of Ja Rule and how you feel about it. But uh, that is pretty much it there. Those were kind of songs, again, some songs that I wanted to mention didn't really wasn't really sure where to put them. Kind of like um, "Baby I Got Your Money" by ODB or "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weezy. Baby, I got your oh, money. I know that I love, one. Love that song. Yep, that was a lot of fun. Uh, "Teenage Dirtbag." If anyone's a Weezy fan out there, nope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you don't know who's listening. All right, the the two of you over there. I see you in the back. <laughs> no friends. All right, I got you. I got, here, I'll throw Weezy on the jukebox here. Uh, that's all I've got guys. Um, seriously, thank you so much, uh, for coming on and indulging me in this. Uh, I hope it was a nice distraction for an hour and a half here. Um, if you're listening, this is the beginning. Hopefully, uh, this is something that will continue. I, uh, will tell you right now that, uh, the next episode will be movies in 2001. Uh, I will have, uh, my guest Sam Carr from the Hollywood cast connection on that episode. Each episode, I will try to announce the guests for the next episode as a means to try to get you to listen again. So if you like movies, if you like the year 2001, definitely give it a listen. Uh, Eric, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Any last thoughts on the year 2000? It's a wonderful year. If you if you can find the NFL draft on from the year 2000, and you can get it to me on DVD, anybody listening to this, please. Uh, it's hard to find it on YouTube. So one of my favorite drafts. But no, Scott, this was a lot of fun. Um, Great idea. I think this, this this has got potential. I love it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And I'll definitely get you back on soon. Uh, Dan, also, thank you. I know, again, the year itself, as far as the music goes, wasn't necessarily wheelhouse, but I appreciate you, you know, coming on and helping us out anyway. Of course. Um, when you get into the late 80s and early 90s, let me know, and I'll be, uh, I'll be all over that for you. I've got lists of topics and people that go together. Doesn't even doesn't even matter what the topic is. I'll be I'll be all over that. I've got an all flags episode for the both of you to come back oh, on. Oh, so. let's listen. I'll I start studying now, and by studying, I mean just. Oh, if we talk red. about flags the whole time, I mean that's going to be fascinating. Really. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how to knock I, it. Listeners. I don't see a problem with. <laughs> Of course not. Um, No, thanks again, guys. Seriously, Um, we're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening. I hope to uh, have you back next time. And just keep in mind that when it comes to life, people don't forget.